1: This is The Jerry Callahan Show. All right, I'm excited today, Karano. Big day, big day. You know why? We got scandals. We got scandals involving the NFL, scandals involving the media and uh, the commissioner, Roger Goodell, who's meeting in New York, who's, who's available at times to the media, who's been grilling him, mostly about the Washington football team. I wonder how many media people going to slip up and say Redskins because to me, that's just another scandal. Be you big say Redsk- I mean, we know the NFL writers are mostly virulent racists and now it'll be on tape. It'll be provable because they'll say race. They'll say Redskins. I know they will not me. I won't say Redskins. I will say WFTs, but the uh, WFT scandal is roiling. We will get to that. There's <laughs> Goodell told a, just a flat out lie yesterday in front of the world and got caught like immediately got called out immediately. But that's, that's, that's small potatoes. That's a sexual harassment scandal involving dozens and dozens of women and the owner and executives. I mean, it's huge, but it's not as big as the scandal involving the owner of the uh, Houston Texans or, or Tony Romo. You thought Tony Romo, was the biggest star in sports broadcasting. Maybe you did. Um, you know, I, I I tend to think that too. He's a football color man. Just by definition, that role is huge. He does all the big games. Everybody hears him. Everybody sees him. I'm not sure for how much longer, Carano, because um, he stepped in it big time. It was the other a doozy. Not, not, not the day he was stumbling drunk at the encore in front of, 1300 people when he tried to to speak and he couldn't. Or, by the way, the next day or a couple days later, I believe that was Thursday and then Sunday, he did the Patriots game and he was uh, accused of sounding like he may have uh, had a few that day too. He did. But I think his personality is kind of, you know, he's, he's kind of a freewheeling guy. So sometimes he sounds like he's not completely focused. I think he has a focus problem. He's still good. He's still really good. He's still the best color man in the business but uh i hope everyone appreciates him now because he's probably Going to be fired, and you'll never hear from. He's going to go. He's going to be like the next Jimmy the Greek, or the next Al Campana, or the next uh, Michael Richards. You will not even be able to find his body.
0: <laughs> it's nowhere close thing. to that, though. It's not even <laughs> anywhere in the same ballpark <laughs> as Michael Richards.
1: What are you talking about? Come right, on.
0: We'll,
1: <laughs> okay, well, we, we got all kinds of things to get to, but we will start with Romo because I think you know it's you know R.I.P. Tony Romo. This I. I'm I'm obviously being facetious because I'm not sure which I like better, uh, Corona. Real scandals when guys really genuinely step in it and really say controversial things that really get them in trouble, <clears throat> or the fake ones because we spend a lot of time on the fake ones. God knows we've talked about, you know, Mike Milbury and Jeremy Roenick and uh, and uh, and uh, Chris Harrison and Grant Napier. I mean, the list is long of people losing their jobs or just getting in real trouble, forced to apologize for nothing, for nothing. And, and you might think I'm exaggerating, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We'll play it. We'll, we'll listen to it. I've, I've gone over the Milbury thing, the Roanick thing, the Chris Harrison thing. They were fired for nothing, not for something minor and fractional, for nothing, for literally nothing. Mike Milbury, for example, said, that the guys in the bubble during COVID, the NHL players, wouldn't be distracted because their wives and girlfriends wouldn't be there. Just stating a fact. I mean, God knows, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, no one would have thought a thing of it. But in the current climate, it gives the, the vultures, the, the activists, a chance to come get him. They didn't like him in the first place. And, of course, the NBC guys cower, uh, rolled over the NHL. Nobody defended him. He got fired for nothing. In this case, I'm probably exaggerating. Romo's not going to get fired, but he'll probably he'll probably have to apologize.
0: I hope and not. I hope he does not.
1: It's, you, know, you know what? He'll just say, "Yeah, sure, I'll apologize," and they'll go away. <sighs> he'll he'll survive anyway. It was the uh, the Tampa game, the Tampa Bay Bucks game, and Brady's 600 touchdown pass. Which, by the way, was this thing blown up into the biggest story or what? It, it, he throws the 600 touchdown pass to Mike Evans. Mike Evans great wide receiver, not exactly a, a road scholar, not, a, not a, not a brilliant man gives the ball to a fan. I mean, it's one thing, you know, to, you know, once in a while you see a little kid, give the ball, a little kid, maybe with your Jersey on, if you're Mike Evans, he's got a number 13. You say, no, that's, that's a kid who will, this will make his day. This will make his life. Give him a ball. He gives a ball to a grown man, a Bucks fan. Um, He goes to the bench and you could see someone tell him that was the 600. And he goes, Oh no. uh Oh, uh oh." and I'm thinking no big deal. Go over, give him another ball, maybe give him a shirt, get the ball back. Well, the the first time they go to the fan, he says, no, the second time he says, no, he's driving a hard bargain. Eventually they give him all kinds of stuff. They give him ball signed Jersey from Brady signed cleats from Mike Evans. They give him season tickets for the rest of this season and all next season. Brady throws in a Bitcoin. That's right. Got you aroused. I know it got your attention. A Bitcoin works.
0: It's old hot for me.
1: $60,000, $60, apparently. And they and then Gronk threw in something. This, someone estimated, The I believe it was our, our friend, the, the obnoxious Boston fan, Bill Spears, did the made a uh, list of the things the fan got and estimated it was worth $77,000. That's pretty good take, seeing how you didn't catch the ball. You know, you, you the guy gave you the ball. It was a mistake. He gave you the ball. You gave it back. You got all kinds of stuff. End of story, right? Not quite. The uh, uh, Mike Florio at Pro Football Talk and others accused, uh, uh, made it out to seem like the guy was an idiot. Gullible fool. Took. I agree with him. Took, The ball apparently is worth at least $500,000. See, I think if you hold out and you don't uh, play, I mean, he held out for pretty long. He got a pretty good package from Brady and the Bucks. If he said no, 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 he just seems like a dink. He didn't earn the ball. Mike Evans screwed up and gave him the ball. You get $77,000 worth of stuff, including. By the way, you get to meet Brady, I believe, at some point. He signs an autograph. He says, you get to be friends, you and Tom. You exchange numbers, you become buddies. Uh, you really thought the guy was just going to hold out and say no to the Bucs?
0: Uh, just no, I would, have, I would have left with that ball immediately. I would have gotten out of that stand, like, immediately. And all those other things, all that, most of that 77000 Brady and the Bucks were not going to give that to him until they got some media backlash for being stingy. They were just gonna give him like a, some tickets and, and a jersey. There were just a couple things. It wasn't seventy-seven thousand worth of worth of stuff. I,
1: I didn't think it was worth that much. To be honest with you, there's so many things Brady's done. It's a six hundred touchdown pass regular season. By the way, he's got yeah, more than yeah. that when you add in the postseason. Is that really that valuable? I mean, will you pay five hundred thousand for the ball? I would think I didn't the record
0: breaking that- one would be more valuable, but apparently not. People like round numbers.
1: See, I think if you're in a base, if you're in the bleachers of a baseball game and you catch a home run, you catch whatever uh, Barry Bonds' seven hundred and whatever fifteenth home run, that's yours. You know, by the rules, that's yours. You earned it. You caught it. You can hold out for as long as you want. It just feels different because Mike Evans gave it to you by mistake, and you're a Tampa fan, so obviously you like Mike Evans. And every time you say no and drive the price up, you're making Evans feel like yes, a bigger yes, idiot. you, you know? are.
0: But Evans and, does that every time. Apparently, every ca- touchdown he catches, him, oh, he, he did gets it to a the same
1: He did it again. And they did he? the yes. same game. <laughs> <laughs> 6 and, and,
0: and
1: I mean, you gotta think it through though. Is this thing really worth it? And again, if it's not some kid with a jersey, don't give it to a grown-up. I mean, yeah, no, no, seriously, it, it's just stupid. But anyway, the guy got plenty for the ball. And he gets, you know, sees he gets to go all the games. It gets to be his big moment. He's got all kinds of memorabilia. He doesn't look like a dink. If he kept holding out and demanding more and more and more, he looks like a dink. So anyway, they were talking on the broadcast, Jim Nance and, and Tony Romo about what the guy should get, what Brady should give him. And Romo being, you know, the kind of the, the flighty guy, he says all the, you know, just off the cuff comments. And maybe, you know, maybe he's got a little, got a little glow on in the booth. Who maybe. knows? And he says, just, you know, give him a date with Giselle. That's it. I mean, if you heard it live, you thought nothing of it. As usual, you didn't think, uh oh, that's going to be a controversy. Tony just stepped in it. Um, uh, Well, apparently trying to figure out who 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 did this upset? Obviously, when you see these stories, oftentimes they're about uh, tweets or Instagram posts or just people on social media bitching and complaining.
0: I saw it with some, some, oh. like, some Twitter nobodies who were complaining. Here's the headline the New York
1: Post. The headline is Tony Romo under fire for creepy Giselle. It's Boenstin. not creepy.
0: Not creepy. Because um, to make matters worse, Jerry, he was playing a part. He was talking as if he were that guy and as if he were the team. He was playing two roles. It wasn't creepy at all.
1: And, and by the way, he wasn't serious. No, <laughs> he was just joking
0: he did it it's such a benign thing he
1: says a date with Giselle a date with Giselle and I'm in okay Tom do it one time you got it he said pretending uh to be you know whatever the guy making the deal with the fan um I didn't think anything of it most people didn't think anything of it when they heard it but now he's under fire um and again some of these stories include you know Media people and you know dead spin or one of these you know Giselle, uh whatever uh, Jamel Hill types complaining about everything Howard Bryant types complaining about everything. In this case, it's mostly just tweets. This is from a fan. I don't think what Romo said was funny. It was tasteless, what but that's ass. just me. Yeah, it is it from a Twitter you. fan. Idiot. It is just you. Um, Tom, Tony Romo suggesting Brady traded date with his wife for a 600 TD ball is just weird borderline creepy Ugh, these dude, people suck dude is a good broadcaster but awkward awkward okay um why do we need to listen to tony romo fantasize about trading a football for a day with giselle he what wasn't he was mr-
0: playing a fan fantasizing <laughs> just what some does Shmo. mr romo
1: presume would happen with giselle during oh, the day come on. she's been traded like property for a football you i hate be these be people such a uptight bitch that you you know, have a problem with this. Uh, fortunately, I exaggerate. He's not going to get fired. Maybe he has to, well, you know, maybe he apologizes like on Twitter, and just as I was just kidding, whatever. But uh, it, it always amazes me when these things in real time mean nothing to me, mean nothing to most people. They hear it. They don't think anything of it. It's just Tony Romo, you know, trying to be funny, not particularly funny, but that's,
0: you don't you don't always you're uh, not going to hear that month. on a broadcast though i think it's it's interesting when he does stuff like that that is funny cuz you don't normally you're not going to hear broadcasters do that type of thing
1: he i'm um, um, i'm not sure if these tweeters these fans are aware but tom brady has a beautiful wife she's a supermodel it's i guess you know like that that movie with uh, robert redford and whoever it is and trades his wife for <laughs> right. a day a million dollars they did a spoof on it on snl the other night wasn't particularly funny, but, uh, it's, it's a thing where you trade your wife for how much, you know, and the, in the joke, which was pretty stupid in the SNL skit is he starts offering $5,000 and, and Jason Sudeikis is the husband. He'd lost all his money gambling. And he's like, my, what do you get out of here? I don't, I don't I'm not going to trade my wife for 5,000. The guy says, how about 5 million? Okay. Now we're talking. Right. So it's like the old joke. It's, now that we've established what you are, we're all we're doing is quarreling over the price. Um Rome, but but Romo's not serious. Like there's no <laughs> as if I need to say that. He's not seriously talking about trading a night with your wife for a ball. All he right. Said He's just date trying too. To be it, like
0: these are people who are taking it to the nth level too. He said date with Giselle. He he was just oh, he true. was just I mean, it was he wasn't saying like have lunch, sex with no her.
1: lunch date with La Giselle. Right. Uh, it was just a uh, joke. You know what? The guy might actually get to meet Giselle because he's gonna meet Tom. Tom's gonna thank him for the ball. He's gonna shake his hand because Tom does everything right. He will handle this beautifully, and maybe Giselle will be there and shake the man's hand. But anyway, Romo's not really in trouble. Not like I keep forgetting his name. Cal McNair, owner of the Houston Texans. We're talking real trouble. I'm talking, you know, draft picks. I mean this his is big. His, quarter, his quarterback like raped two dozen women. <laughs> Massage therapists. He's eligible to play, but Bob McNair's son, Cal McNair, he's in real trouble, and he might. Uh, if this, if they keep pressing the commissioner in New York this week, the commissioner might, you know, fine the owner of the Texans. Probably will. It's again. I'll remind you, the guy did nothing. You will laugh when I tell you why he's in trouble. In fact, you'll laugh at the at the reporter, a guy I used to know who is trying to make this a big deal. I will tell you what Cal McNair said after I tell you about DCU. Do you love your car, but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU and they can help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy and their loan experts will help you find the loan term of the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high rate loan and get the interest rate and payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance, assured by NCUA. Membership required. All right. I don't know if, I mean, I know this is a podcast, not a family show. This is a uh, Some, adult.
0: Sometimes we say adult things. Yes.
1: Adult things. So, so just if your kids are in the car and you're listening, just be prepared for this. This is pretty wild. I think they're going to take draft picks, millions of dollars from the Texans, suspend them. I mean, this is big. This is like not quite as big as Brady taking a couple puffs of air out of the ball, but it's big. Uh, I'll set it up by saying, it was at a golf tournament in the off season, and the owner of the uh, Texans, this guy Cal McNair, was speaking to the crowd that was there, including media members, um, GMs. Nick Casario was there, the coach Colors was there, and some you know media people were, were uh, you know sitting there right, taking notes. And the guy says, "There's there's no audio of this, right?" I haven't it was, found any. No, no audio here. Um, you're just going to have to trust me. This is what he said, because by the way, he's already apologized for it, which <laughs> is insane. So, so Cal McNair tells the crowd that he's sorry that this is the first time they've been able to get together for the, uh, the, the team golf tournament in two years, because, you know, there was a little something, something that delayed them last year that, that postponed last year's tournament. He said there was a, uh, I don't know how to say this without upsetting people. If
0: I need to bleep it, I can bleep it later. Yeah. You know, uh,
1: you better get, get your hand on that button. Ready? Get ready. All right. He said, sorry, we were forced to postpone last year's tournament because of the China virus. No, no, he didn't. Here's my favorite part of this story. Mike Silver. I used to work with him at, at Sports Illustrated, you know, nice enough guy, but a total pointy headed liberal, you know, San Francisco guy, liberal ultra left wing, like most sports media members, total wokester, you know, loves, loves, uh, uh Colin Kaepernick and, you know, all the guys who kneel and all that, just to, like everyone else, total cookie cutter, liberal, uh, sports writer will always have a job because he's always there to, 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 you know, push the, the, the woke agenda. He's leaving after eight years, he's leaving NFL network. And and by the way, this is a little suspect, He's leaving NFL Network. He's going to work for Bally, you know, like the casino. Bally yeah. Sports, like their I, casino. I guess that's a thing now. That's where uh, Kenny Mayne works now. He left ESPN. He's working for some casino in Vegas, Caesars, or I don't even know which one. I don't even know what you do. You just hang around, like you know, like Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle used to do, shake hands to people who come into in the casino. I don't know. Mike Silver goes to work for Bally's. He announces it. Yesterday that he's leaving NFL Network, going to Bally's. The same day the story breaks on the Bally's website, that so he's holding this scoop in his back pocket for when he quits and goes somewhere else. And the day he starts working for Bally's, this story breaks and they and they oh, let me get let me find it on here. They present it like it's a big f and deal, like uh oh this you know this is uh, why we hired Mike Silver. He's going to break stories like this. And you look at it, uh, here's the headline of OutKick. Um, Comment by Texans Chairman Cal McNair deemed insensitive. Let me find the... uh, It's uh, uh, exclude
0: Texans Chairman Cal McNair uses anti-Asian slur at team event.
1: You you know what? I believe they changed that. Initially, it said racist. Oh, did they really? I tweeted out the initial one that said racist.
0: Well, this is bad enough because they're saying uses. Like, it just happened. It happened in May.
1: I see it. This is you you're right. The Valley Sports tweet used anti-Asian slur. And the story is, you know, that the the, the story as written by Mike Silver says there was an audible gasp. <laughs> right. That's the word. That's <laughs> the word he uses gasp in the room in Texas <laughs> among a bunch of people who just played golf and who are uh, who are now <laughs> having a couple drinks. An audible gasp in the room. Um, I'm sorry. This is a, a case of a wokester in the media and you know his employer overplaying their hand. I can imagine Mike Silver telling this, his new editors, new bosses at Bally's, the website Bally's, "Oh, I got a big story. I'm not going to give it to NFL Network because you know they probably wouldn't like it. It's going to make the NFL look bad. So I'll give it to you guys, and you know, let's play it up. Let's uh, you know." make it go viral. Um, this is this is a, this is is where you see a disconnect. And you and I have talked about it many times, a disconnect between, you know, these media people who live in this bubble. And again, it's a great example, a guy from San Francisco who is ultra liberal and doesn't really know, you know, have the pulse of the people, you know, unlike us, doesn't have the pulse. We've got the pulse. Pulse of the people that who thinks when he does this, when he writes this, he thinks he's talking about another, um, uh, uh, John Gruden type story where it's <laughs> yes, just going to
0: virus. It's going to hit the wall and the this same. guy's going to be
1: forced to apologize. Um, and it's just going to be big, you know, like his first day at Bally's, he's going to be the talk of the, the, the NFL meetings in New York and the, and everyone's going to be tweeting and talking about it. Um, um, yeah, this, yeah, it's just the, the uh, this is from Awful Announcing. They say Mike Silver announces he's leaving NFL Network on the day his story on Cal McNair's China Virus comment runs on Valley Sports, which is, again, a little questionable. That you say this guy, uh, when was the month? It was like in the spring. Let me get the it month. It was May. May. Yeah. So, May at the golf tournament, off season time, an a, a owner in Texas says China Virus. And this pointy-headed liberal thinks I got him. I got him. This is and nothing. I guarantee you, he thinks that that Cal McNair's in trouble now. Again, I remind you, the term he used was "China virus." Listen,
0: listen to his buds in the media. Do you know this guy Steve White from uh, from? I think he's from the NFL Network. Is it, am I, no, I mean, I've read
1: him, but I do not yeah. know him. No. He
0: says, this is how you make your presence known, my dude and brother Mike Silver, with a killer news break for Ballet Sports. No, and, then, no. and then you got Jim Trotter. <laughs> the hits keep coming from Mike Silver. Are you kidding me? Who are these stupid Jim, people? Jim
1: Trotter's an, a Sports Illustrated guy. Again, another super wokester. Um, he says, this is how what? You make your presence? First of all, yes, there's no there's no scoop here at all. And every fan, every viewer, every reader, everyone on Twitter knows it. This again is the disconnect. The media thinks it's a big deal. The fans know it's not. They're commending their colleague who did something that I would say if I was sitting in a journalism court teaching, I'd say this would be unethical. This is like Bob Woodward holding his scoops for eight months to make money uh, and and depriving the readers of the Washington Post of his his stories, of his uh, scoops Just so we can save them, put them in a book and make money. This is a guy saving his scoop, depriving the readers that he was supposed to be serving at NFL Network and giving it to Bally's so we can make a splash. That's the first part. The first part is that the way he did it is questionable. The second part is there's no scoop. There's nothing here. Only Only in the bubble, only in the press box bubble could you think China virus is racist. Can we just go over this quickly because I find this just fascinating. I tweeted it, other people tweeted it. Let's just quickly run through the timeline in in this would be 2 years ago now the china virus is appearing in in Wuhan. We remember the videos where they locked people in their apartments and they had those space suits and they were taking people into custody put them in you mean isolation Australia
0: this month. Uh,
1: they they let people leave Wuhan and travel around the world. So they let the virus escape unto the world. They lied about it. They covered it up. They killed essentially 5 million people, 700,000 Americans. They destroyed economies, including ours. They cost us trillions in wealth. That country, that country that did that people like uh, Mike silver and Jim Trotter and Steve Weiss, and they want to protect The sensitive feelings of the people who did that by saying you can't call it the China virus, you have to call it whatever the coronavirus by calling it the China virus, which, by the way, puts a real crimp in the whole naming of, of diseases. So you can't call them the German measles or the Spanish flu or the Ebola virus. Well, that would be racist too, correct?
0: I think so. I, mean, I think we should probably I mean, go back. That, now, those, these are the dead names. we got to go back and change them uh, for in our history books too. No longer the Spanish flu. Can't say I that mean, anymore.
1: you say the West Nile virus, the can't people that live on the, I mean, that's racist. These people, I'll say again, they're trying to be so open-minded that their brains fall out. This is just silly to say you can't call it the China virus. Who are you protecting? And when I tweet about this, you get the usual one or two just idiots who, who immediately say, This is the reason there was a rise in anti-Asian hate crime. You know, it's 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 uh, Cal McNair's fault for saying China virus. Is if one of these young black guys who we've seen on tape cold cocking old Asian people in New York City was compelled to do that because of Cal McNair's comment (laughs) or even Trump's Trump's comment, the China virus by no by any definition is not. Racist. It's not a slur. It's perfectly appropriate. You can call it the Wuhan virus. You can call it whatever you want. There's absolutely no way in hell it's racist. It's a slur. It's a complete and utter media creation. And the notion, just the idea that this kid, this guy, Mike Silver, saw it, I got a big story. I'm going to save it. It's going <laughs> to splash. And it's in this little echo chamber where all the media people say, Oh, amazing work by Mike Silver. Oh, be- Your Cal McNair's in trouble. Show me, you know, three fans who aren't, you know, like dead spin readers who find that accurate—that what McNair did was offensive. Do you? Show also, me
0: we've got a, uh, we have a commenter in uh, here too saying okay. that uh, Lyme, the Lyme disease, was from Lyme, Connecticut. Apparently, it's true. Those what are we going to do Lyme about
1: them? Yes, those people. I mean, it's that's why people in Lyme, Connecticut, are suffering from these attacks. They're targeted, these indiscriminate attacks. I mean, the, these there's anti-lime uh hate crimes. It's rampant. It's we're all even, the following. We're even
0: calling the Connecticut people from line the ticks. That's how we're referring to them. Well, oh, it's, it's it's brutal. terrible. I mean,
1: um I'm, I'm, here's um Sports Illustrated. This is sports illustrated where I used to work I with remember, Mike yes. Silver. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Uh this was just, just last night. Houston Texans CEO Cal McNair used a racist remark to describe COVID nineteen in front of a hundred people back in May racist to say China virus, China virus, a virus that came from China is the China virus. If it just slipped out by accident and they did their best to control and still slipped out, it still would be okay. But the idea that you're protecting the country that released this on the world caused the worst pandemic of all our lifetime, destroyed lives, destroyed businesses, economies, countries. And we're saying, oh, you know what would be really unfair? to call it the china to actually refer to where from where it emanated how silly liberals are just so so sick.
0: but but if we call it wuhan is that the wuhan flu is that is that racist too or is it just because we're using the word yes china? I yes don't...
1: you can't do that i mean even if you wanted to call it what did trump call it the kung flu flu or something kung no, the kung flu? flu is that what he said that was a joke. That was no, a joke. No, Kung no, no, I know, but
0: I I know I just no, the tongue flew and immediately there was,
1: oh my God, racist. That's why they're punching little Asian old ladies in the in the streets of, of Brooklyn. Um, the, the first of all, if you actually believe that a guy saying China virus leads to anti-Asian violence violence, you're an idiot. You can't prove it. Does the, it's just not true. It's just not true. It's like people saying, oh, when you blame the you know, Muslims in 9-11, that's why there was all this violence. There was not. We are a remarkably uh um, understanding and tolerant country. That, that's not how it works. Just because a bunch of Muslims knocked down the buildings doesn't doesn't mean there was a epidemic of violence against Muslims. It's not true. It's just not true that the people are bashing asians in the street because they gave us this virus it's just not true as much as liberals want it to be true but we we see so much of that now and um i don't want to uh, spend a lot of time on this cuz it's howard bryant and everything he does and says is just idiotic but i feel like these made up totally fabricated controversies we have to mention cuz it is just a reflection on the the mentality the mindset of liberals now, of the woke crowd that, as we often say, the, the supply of racism just doesn't meet the demand. These people want everything to be racist. They want that to be racist. Sports Illustrated called it
0: racist. They want it, moves the needle, you say the R word.
1: For a man to say China virus is
0: racist, how? How about a
1: follow-up question for Sports Illustrated? How is that racist? He doesn't say a slur, he says the country it came from. China virus, and then of course McNair, sadly apologized, which is kind of pathetic, uh, you know.
0: Well, he said he apologized in May. He's like, why are we doing this again? I already said, oh well, hey, if you're offended by that, I didn't mean it like that at all. I was just saying the region of the world. That's it. And, not, and now,
1: and now there'll be a meeting, and uh, and uh, New York, and the media will get Goodell, or and they'll say, what are you gonna do about McNair? Oh, we're gonna find him a million dollars. Some stupid thing. They'll actually take it seriously. Um, where the um, I'm looking for his uh apology, which was kind of uh, pathetic. Uh, here says well, my comments, I- my comments at the event last May included an inappropriate choice of words. I immediately apologize to people who approached me then. I apologize again now. I know how important it, is, important it is to choose my words carefully. I would never want to offend anyone. So, just for the record, the owner of the Texans has done more. Uh, of a mea culpa more of an apology than the quarterback who's accused of forcing sexually assaulting. Well, that's true. 20 something massage therapists and 10 of them are pursuing criminal charges. He wanted massage therapists to massage the inside of his ass. Okay. That guy has not apologized, but Cal McNair has just, just, and and of course the awful announcing, which is another le- far left radical website writes Immediately, that uh, while the China virus label has been used by quite a few people, especially Donald Trump, it's a term that's drawn a lot of criticism and has been blamed as a factor in the increase of anti-Asian violence and anti-Asian hate crimes, which have rose uh, risen seventy three percent.
0: Nothing to do with that. Uh, so why well, are we tipped the? First all, I don't
1: believe that. And Secondly, absolutely, it has nothing to do with it. Let's you know go over case by case of who's beating up Asian people and ask yourself. Were they really influenced by by Cal McNair's comment at a private event in May? It's just insane. the two most was- protected
0: like things right now are trans activists and China, like the door the right. name China, not even the Chinese people, just China.
1: Right. And and you know, when we consider what China has done, <laughs> the idea that we're busy protecting them is just so absurd. But um on, quickly onto Howard Bryant. If you don't know who he is, he's this awful writer, terrible writer, who's written books that nobody reads. He writes stories for ESPN that nobody reads. He's you know bounced around, failed at many many places, including the Boston Herald, um, when I was there or after I was there. But uh, he um, during the ESPN show Monday Night Countdown, which includes a bunch of players and and Adam Schefter and you know they do get you ready for monday night football howard bryant who works for espn essentially is on the dole because i don't even know what he does but they pay him gets his health benefits you know they keep him around because i guess they, they'd rather have him you know working for them than attacking them and criticizing them he writes he subtweets the network's programming which was uh the usual you know the the uh let me uh a show with Susie Colber as the host, Randy Moss and Booger McFarlane as the analysts and Adam Schefter as the scoop guy. So that show, which seems pretty diverse, right? A woman, two black guys and the, the scoop guy, Adam Schefter, who nobody is going to say doesn't belong there. He's the one that breaks all the stories. He tweets white woman host, white ex player, Who's the white ex-player? I can't even remember. Let me find out. Uh, white ex-player. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Eh, black ex-player. Black ex-player. White male journalist. And then he writes, meanwhile, live look in at the black male journalist. And he shows a guy outside a fence trying to get in. I guess that's supposed to be funny. Oh. So actual staff member. Person getting paid. Essentially charity. Getting paid charity by ESPN because he does nothing. Is criticizing the network that pays him because they only have two black guys and a woman on a show with four people. <laughs> two two black guys is not enough because they don't count their players or ex-players. So it, it, it's just a great example of you cannot win when you're talking about just a-holes like Howard Bryan. You cannot win. I mean, they could have a whole panel of 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 you know black including him, of black male journalists. I'm not sure what makes him a journalist. Uh, journalists, you know, get rid of Adam Schefter, the, the, the white guy who breaks all the stories, and just bring in whoever, bring in, you know, uh, Bamani Jones or, or Stephen A. Smith. And maybe at that point, will he be happy? Because he's not happy that, the, that ESPN literally has gotten rid of most of the old white guys and brought in young black people or Asian people. They've done everything in their power to completely revamp the network with uh, you know, box checkers saying, "Oh, we got a black guy, we got a, an Asian, we got a woman, we got this." Uh. That's all they care about is identity politics and immutable characteristics. They don't even care about like talent. That's why they have Howard Bryant there, and he's not happy. He does. He wants more awful black guys like him on the show just because they're black. It's insane. But it's the way it works, and ESPN has brought this on themselves. And I'm sure they'll, someone in ESPN's front office or e- executive board is saying, "Uh-oh, uh, Howard's attacking us. We need to have more uh, talentless black guys on our show to keep him happy." It's you watch some of these shows, and everybody's there for you know diversity's sake. It's black guy, woman, young black guy. Get rid of, get rid of the whatever her name, Rachel Nichols. Get rid of Trey Wingo. Get rid of Kenny Maine, get rid of Golick, bring in you know twenty-four-year-old black women. Not enough, not enough for Howard Bryant. It will never be enough. But
0: people have mentioned okay. that uh, Bryant has uh, some domestic problems too. Did you ever hear about that? Of course I did. I yeah. got
1: I got the police report in my briefcase. <sighs> if you'd like me to read it. Uh, uh, well, he, so so he then he slapped they... around his wife in front of four witnesses who were at a pizza shop in Western Mass. Four witnesses. He uh, said he smacked around his wife in front of his child, in front of his child. Immediately, you know, he had this lawyer from from out there Amherst saying, "Oh, it's racism, racism, racism. That's all he does." But these, you know, I, I tend to think that four Eyewitnesses, people witnesses, yeah, witnesses uh, know of what they speak. So well, yes. it makes sense. Uh, I
0: mean, he he wants a world where people don't judge you by your character; they judge you by your skin color. Because if he were judged by his character, he wouldn't get a goddamn job.
1: Good point. If he were, you know, a white guy who had smacked around his wife in front of four witnesses at a pizza show, it was like noontime too. You can't even say, you know, he was drunk. I don't think in front of his own child and no contrition, just blame the cops, blame the witnesses. Everybody's lying. Uh, uh, if he were just another guy, if he weren't a, a race hustler, he'd have been out in the street in five minutes after what he did to his wife. But Hey, you know, it's a good gig if you can get it. He gets paid by ESPN. He does next to nothing. And when he gets a chance, he criticizes his employer for not giving him more opportunity or giving him, you know, putting him on TV. And he's terrible on TV. I mean, I, you think he's a bad writer? He's even worse on TV. But somehow he keeps getting paid. You know, good gig if he can get it. But anyway, those are the fake outrages. That's, we got three, three fake outrages today. We got some real ones to get to. Uh, we'll do one more. We'll do one more NFL story because uh, you, you know, it's, it's always good to see Roger Goodell caught lying or caught in a in a in a in a tough situation. And if you missed it yesterday, the meetings, these owners' meetings in New York, the the the, the biggest topic, the most uh, the the one that everyone was interested in was the Washington Redskins scandal, sexual harassment scandal in their front office involving their owner. We talked about it uh, last week or two weeks ago, because the only one who's paid a price so far, because of this scandal, because of the climate in the Washington Redskins front office, because of the way they treated the women, is the co- was the coach of the Oakland uh, Las Vegas Raiders. The only one to lose his job, the only one to pay a price was John Gruden, because he happened to be exchanging emails with the then GM of the Redskins, Bruce Allen, and we know what he said. He talked about whatever. Uh, uh, Michael Sam or about about Goodell about Biden he you know, got in trouble he lost his job uh, because of it we were waiting for their next shoe to fall because they have 650,000 emails but apparently of the 650,000 there were only like 10 that were genuinely offensive and those were the ones that John Gruden wrote if anyone believes that they're a fool they're, they're, they're a sucker Obviously, there's a lot more to this, but as soon as Goodell or whomever in the front office of the NFL was done destroying Gruden's life, they said, that's That's it. it, we're done here. No more. And They wanted the media, many of whom usually play along to what Goodell wants. They wanted them to just move on. Goodell fined the Redskins $10 million on July 3rd. By the way, talk about a news dump. And said we're moving on. That's all we got. And the media is not buying it. Uh, of course they shouldn't. They hate. They hate Dan Snyder. I knew they wouldn't buy it. And this is the best part of yesterday when uh, Goodell said the reason that they have had nothing else to report is because the people who were accusing Snyder and accusing others in the Washington front office of these sexual improprieties they wanted to remain anonymous. And five minutes later, the lawyer representing Forty of these people, I assume these women, um, said that's a lie. they in fact, one of the women like stormed the the meetings. She 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 trespassed, and the meetings and said, um, "I want to tell my story." So this this cover up is not going to work for Roger Goodell, which is a good thing. The the, the there it is just not possible to believe they're done here they've said enough they've done enough that ain't gonna fly you know that ain't gonna fly obviously he's trying to protect snyder it's what he does he protects owners uh and he, and the, the the coaches the players they're disposable but his job is to protect the owners he's protecting daniel snyder and fortunately people including the women who's who were harassed are not going to take it they are going to continue to to, to shout What's the? Do we have the lawyer's name? Yeah, it's uh,
0: yep. It's uh, Lisa Banks. I just put it in our chat here too. Lisa Banks is the one who tweeted.
1: Lisa Banks and her her tweet was just what he just said was not true. Correct. That's correct.
0: He said, uh, "Let me actually get the tweet. It's uh, just coming up now." She said, "I represent forty former employees of the WFT, the Washington Football Team, who participated in the investigation. Goodell's statement is false."
1: She so she represents forty. You think all 40 are going to go away quietly? No way. No chance.
0: No
1: way. No chance. Goodell has a problem on his hands. It's not as big a problem as, you know, the owner of the Texans saying China virus, but it's big. But the, the problem and is,
0: so Goodell, Goodell's, a, Goodell's a lawyer. He should know that he shouldn't have committed to that. Oh, these people all want to stay silent. Or, he's not a lawyer. I I'm, thought he was a know. lawyer by trade. No?
1: No, he's not. He should be, but he's not. He was oh. a PR guy. Oh, The PR guy started when he was like 23 in New York, uh, in the. In the NFL, he's been there forty years. Just worked his way up. He's a politician, and he's a and he's a snake, who worked his way to the top of the food chain. But he's certainly got lawyers all around him, so he should know better. He should know this wasn't going to work. You think people? I don't even care if you pay them off, are all just going to go away quietly and-, and say, you know, Daniel Snyder, you know, pin me against the wall and r- r- put his hand on my pants. But you know, you know, uh, he paid $10 million to the league. I'm good. <laughs>
0: well, that, that's the thing is Goodell's saying that I do think he's been held accountable, but but they've been fined $10 million. It goes to a charity, which is all fine and good, but that doesn't provide restitution to the people who were attacked. I
1: know. And they're not going to be happy. Obviously, 40 of them have this lawyer who immediately called out the commissioner. So this ain't going away anytime soon. And I think uh, it's going to get ugly. and m- Other than Goodell, very few people have any sympathy for Daniel Snyder. He's a creep, and they're not going to be happy until he's exposed. Even if he keeps the team, and he will probably keep the team, people want to know what he did. You can't just say, oh, there was a pattern of sexual improprieties in the front office. Uh, They paid their fine. We're moving on. That ain't good enough. It's not good enough for for Deshaun Watson, and it's not good enough for Daniel Snyder. So it's going to get ugly, and that's okay. And that's okay with me because, uh, I have no sympathy for these people. I have no no sympathy for people that abuse the women in their offices. I'm glad it brought down Andrew Cuomo. I hope it brings down Daniel Snyder and anyone else in that office who was abusing the women who worked and by the way, abusing the cheerleaders, sending out topless pictures of the cheerleaders and getting their, their thrills, looking at them. Um, I want to mention this. Uh, I mentioned Cuomo, and there's there's people um, on the right, people who've been uh, tweeting, talking uh, about Fauci, and making the comparison. Uh, Fauci obviously should be fired today. Fauci should be handcuffed, frog marched out of his palatial office, taken to prison. Anthony Fauci should die in prison. That's justice and if you think I'm exaggerating, uh, you're not paying attention. What he's done, the damage he's done to this country, the damage he's done to children is is incalculable. It is, in history, we'll look back at this monster and judge him harshly. The only reason he still has a job, the only reason he's still on CNN or being uh, respected by anyone is because he helped bring down Trump. They love that. And then subsequently, He's become the whipping boy from, you know, the, the right wing media like me and so many others who know what he did, know what kind of person he is and don't understand how anybody, how any decent person can still look at him with admiration. It's disgusting, to be honest with you. And this week we learned, uh, we obviously know that he's has no respect for human life, does not care the, the children are, are, are losing everything by not going to school, wrapping their faces in masks. There's depression, there's drugs, there's alcohol, there's domestic violence. Those things mean nothing to him. There's failed businesses, destroyed economy, means nothing to him. He's the highest paid employee in the federal government. He thinks he's royalty. He thinks he's untouchable. He's an arrogant son of a bitch who sat before Senate. the Senate, sat before the Congress, Put his hand on a Bible and lied. If he were not Biden's guy, if he were Trump's guy, he would have been arrested already. But like everyone else on you know that side of the aisle, all the you know Andrew McCabe and Comey and Brennan and Clapper and the they, and Hunter Biden, the law does not apply to them. We have a two-tier justice system, and Fauci, luckily for him, is on that that side, so he's not ever going to pay a price for his crimes. But I do think the way he treats animals dogs beagles has awoken some people. It's true. some people like dogs more than people i in some ways, I feel that way. Tobes innocent little beagles, if you're not paying attention and lots of people, they don't want to pay attention. They just want to say, you know, fauci's good, fauci's smart. I like Fauci because he helps bring down Trump and he does. The bidding of the Biden regime, so they don't want to hear the whole, see the whole picture. Well, if you haven't seen the photos, he literally put beagles in mesh cages. The, the Tunisian scientist did it. He paid for it. He supported it. He's okay with it. He green lighted it. They put the beagles in these mesh cages. They put hungry sandflies in the cage and have them eat the faces off of live beagles. That's one of many, many experiments you mentioned. The other day, what they did to monkeys they they, they put acid, acid, acid in on their, their brains, brains yeah, and freaked them and out. They, yeah. Then they showed them snakes and rats to scare them. Yeah. These monkeys died in horror. I mean, they torture—killing animals is one thing; torturing them is another. It takes a special kind of evil to sit there and say you're good torturing e- beagles and puppies and 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 and, and monkeys. I mean. That, that takes a twisted person. We know serial killers. That's how they start off, torturing the neighbor's cat. Well, Fauci uh, is, 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 is like that in many ways. He's got a dark place in his soul where torturing beagle puppies means nothing. They didn't gain any knowledge from it. They didn't. There's no great breakthrough. And they used taxpayer money. I mean, if he took the money from the taxpayers and bought a boat, He'd be in trouble. Instead, he took the money and gave it to this lab, which tortured beagle puppies. Hopefully, this wakes everyone up. And some people have a problem with it because they say, you know, we looked the other way when he destroyed the lives of millions of children. But now, now that he's hurt beagles, now now he's in trouble.
0: Well, I think it's the theme that you were talking about before. Whatever it takes to take this guy down a peg, whatever it takes, What you know, if we... we can't get him on that stuff. Maybe we can get him on the Beagle stuff.
1: And I said that about Cuomo. Cuomo, a lot of people, Cuomo killed 15,000 senior citizens in New York, and he was going to skate. The media protected him. You know, he, he lied about it. He covered it up. His brother helped him. It was a huge scandal, one of the biggest scandals in American history. He finally was brought down because he, you know, tongue-kissed an intern. Now, to me, that's disgusting, and I, he should have been arrested. Yeah, it
0: sucks. It's disgusting.
1: But, but we shouldn't have a gut to that point. He literally sent 15,000 elderly New Yorkers to their death and then lied about it and covered it up. Yeah. If that's not malfeasance, what the hell is? Again, in the end, I'm okay. Whatever it takes. This is Al Capone going down on tax evasion. Whatever it takes to put him away. You got rid of Cuomo. Hopefully he'll still be charged, sued. Hopefully his he'll never recover from this. And if Fauci eventually gets forced out because he tortured beagle puppies and not because he destroyed the U.S. economy, I'm okay with it. Whatever it takes to bring down these monsters, if we didn't catch him abusing, torturing animals, he would still be sitting there with Jake Tapper and Chuck Todd and, and giggling it up on Sunday morning. Maybe they still, I mean, the media is so corrupt, they might look the other way even now. But it's going to be harder because so many Americans have seen that picture of the beagles with the cage on their head, knowing yeah. that Fauci knew about Wonder. it, approved it, and has no problem with it. I mean, the guy is literally, literally evil. He is evil, and I mean that 100%. Only an evil person could give that his blessing and have no problem with it, even if it didn't help. He just, I mean, he doesn't care he doesn't care about dogs he doesn't care about kids he's a rotten he, he, he's a, a dark-hearted soul that's what he is so i know and, you
0: uh, i know you want to get to a couple more things before we wrap up um but uh, we got about 10 minutes left uh, of the live stream so do you want to talk about um do you want to talk about shay first and then we can do Let one me last do shay
1: on oh, the only thing i i got to do
0: since we're uh, you know well i want to wrap up the nurse Flashing out
1: i do want to mention uh, you know springsteen and obama the two biggest douches in the world but uh but uh I'll, I'll be quick on that what else we got
0: i want to wrap up the nurse thing and i want to talk about uh rumble if you want to
1: okay where's the damn how much time we got
0: nine minutes you're not going to see it here
1: okay why don't you put it on the screen i like when it's on the you screen can't put it
0: on the screen like, that's, that's not how the live stream is working that's not the technology of how it's working I
1: like you know the pressure's on i feel like you know uh <laughs> I feel like tom brady put the pressure on me baby yeah, right. um First, let me tell you about Shea, then I'm going to let you, t- and then I'm going um, to mention why why Obama and, and uh, Springsteen are such douches, but uh, we will get to that. Uh, first, Shea Concrete. You know about Shea Concrete. Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. There are many options available, including concrete, or you can create customize with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal you'll make all the neighbors jealous shake and remove the old stairs and have them walk up your beautiful new front steps in a matter of hours removing the old stairs that's a pain for anybody they'll do it they'll do it for you uh and where um and where can you even take them when you get rid of the steps who cares Shape will take care of that but get rid of the steps put in the new steps you could sit in the window and watch do it on a day like this when you don't want to be outside you don't want to be dealing with this let them do it when they're done you'll have a great-looking new entrance to your home that will add value. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com. You can also apply for a job there. And you can learn about their – what are we calling these? Precast days? Yes. Why don't you give me some details on the precast days since I'm – you have them in front of you? We want I to don't, but precast
0: these. days are our are yearly event. Uh, they're happening in, I think, in five of their locations. Eleven two 2 is the first one. Um, I'll have to figure out exactly where that is, though.
1: Um, we know we're going to be at one of them. We're yeah, gonna we're going to be, be at the last day. one, I think,
0: on the on the 12th. Is that the one? Uh, here. I got it. Precast days. The National Precast Concrete Association and Shea Concrete Products are presenting precast days 2021 in New England. It's a unique educational opportunity to provide students, uh, engineers, and contractors, or anyone else interested in the precast concrete industry with an up close and personal experience. It's going to be food trucks, Jerry Ooh. Callahan, all sorts of stuff. But we're going to be at the 11 one in Amesbury. Um, 2 in Rochester is the next one that's coming out. So I think that's next week. It's 153. Cranberry Highway in Rochester, Massachusetts, and you can excellent,
1: and you can learn more about the precast yep. days at their website shakeconcrete.com. Yes. All right. How much time I got now?
0: Let's call it four okay, minutes. I'm back
1: on the radio. I'm back on the radio. Quick. Got to go to break. Break. You got to do this. What producers do? They make this little break. I'm not sign doing like this. that. I'm
0: not doing you that.
1: See me. Break. No, wh- break. Break. Uh, I quickly. Um, <sighs> It's always tough for me because I grew up loving Springsteen. I still like his music. I still listen to his music. He's still an amazing live performer. He's just, a, he's brought me lots of uh, pleasure in my life, listening, singing along, cranking the tunes. But God, is he a douche. He does this podcast with uh, Obama. It's awful. I mean, awful. It's just too elitist liberals who are uh, talking about uh, who are both probably going to be billionaires when all is said and done. Bruce is probably worth 700 million Obama. He's not, he has not going to be done fleecing the public for everything. Uh, when all is said and done with his Netflix deal and a Spotify deal and all the rest of these phony baloney jobs, he's going to be worth, it's gotta be worth half a billion. They're fabulously wealthy, spoiled liberals who hate America when you get right down to it. This is so obnoxious, though. When you think about it, they're talking, they're shooting the breeze, just two guys ha- shooting the breeze, if you haven't heard the podcast. And Obama, who is just, as we saw in Virginia the other day, talking about phony culture wars. The, the, the topic he's talking about is uh, a child, a 14-year-old girl getting raped violently in the girls' room. That's a phony culture war issue, according to Obama. That's not real. You no, know, like, you know, gender fluidity or something like that real issues or climate change. That's a real issue, but a girl getting raped in the girl's room, two girls getting raped in the bathrooms of their high schools, nah, phony right-wing outrage. Anyway, they're talking and this is what Obama says. You can play it, but I want to set it up. He says that the people who love Springsteen and loved Clarence Clemens, his, his sax player is the big guy who is no longer with us. But when he was, he says oh yeah the fans love him when he's playing but if he were if they saw him in a bar they would call him the n-word which is so
0: absurd do you want and, to hear it i got the 20 second clip
1: let's play it. it's only 20 seconds but if you have, if you're not looking at it it's just bruce and and barack hanging out talking about all those awful racist springsteen fans the world what bruce and clarence portrayed on stage was essentially a reconciliation that's right but most of your audiences were primarily white and they can love clarence when he's on stage but if they ran into him in a bar suddenly oh yeah the n-word
0: comes up yeah it's like every black person you see in a bar the n-word just comes right out I, of the I don't
1: i don't know who bothers me more obviously obama's full of it obviously he's the, the biggest race baiter race hustler divider and conqueror that we've ever seen he many of the racial problems we have in this country are his fault he used them he went to dallas after a blm guy shot five cops killed five cops he went to the memorial service and blamed the cops he's just despicable but i never had any respect for him i used to have some for bruce you know 40 years ago
0: overrated
1: What Bruce just did... Oh, let me guess. His rhymes are too... uh, He's an all so noise. It's just a very simple... He doesn't have complicated lines. No, he doesn't have a complicated
0: (laughs) chord structure. He can barely play the guitar. Oh, that's that
1: that damn chord structure. God, that chord structure drives me nuts, too. But anyway, I don't care. You don't like... I I, I love him as a musician, as a singer, as a songwriter, as a performer, especially. His concerts are spectacular. But this is beneath contempt, even by his standards, even by Obama's standards. This is disgusting. They are calling his fans racist. Obama is. And Bruce is nodding along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce, again, has got millions of fans who love him, passionate about him, and absolutely adored Clarence Clemens. If they saw him in a bar, they would fawn over him. They would buy him a drink. They would tell him how wonderful he is. These assholes who accuse these people with no evidence of being vile racists. They remind me again of Red Sox owners. Who, uh, you know, they want you to know they love their fans. They're wonderful. Unless an opposing player calls those fans racist, then the Red Sox owners take the side of the opposing player who generally makes up stories and and calls the fans racist. They turn on their fans. They're just despicable people, just like Bruce and Barack Obama. This is disgusting. I mean, it's not a big deal because, you know, these guys are beyond reproach and everyone, all the media, they love them. But it's disgusting to sit there and disparage. The fans, in the worst possible terms, you're racist. You're cheering for this guy, but you don't mean it. If you saw him in the bar, you'd call him the N-word. I mean, first of all, it's false. Secondly, it's like defamatory. It's just so disgusting. I can't believe it doesn't bother everyone as much as it bothers me, but I say that about a lot of things I get, I guess. But I'm done with Bruce. I'm done. You're going to call me and everyone else who were fans of you racist? I mean, if you saw Clarence Clemens in a bar? People would call them the N-word. It's just so ridiculously false and defamatory. They would do just the opposite. They would fawn all over them, but it doesn't matter. These two are a couple of race hustlers who need that division, who want to make everything about race, and I guess they did.
0: 20 seconds, going to lose the stream. Want to say goodbye? Up
1: 20 seconds. You want to keep going after we're done with the stream? That's up to you. All right, no, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do uh, we're, we're going to talk about Rumble, Rumble locals, and we'll be on locals Friday. We'll talk about it then and we'll give you an update on our nurse friend. We'll update all the, uh, we'll update the purge, all the people getting fired uh, these days, but that, that will do it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan show, and we'll do it again tomorrow.